what is planting what's that look like yeah. in businesses what is what is reaping but also what is what is the component in your business where faith is sort of required right where you have to turn things off eventually go home take a break um let the seed lie in the ground and wait good day how are you my friend <laughs> good, good good to be back here absolutely you know as we alluded to last week we are talking well first welcome to the consultant and coach podcast we're happy to have you back and today we are speaking planting and reaping mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. sometimes we plant sometimes we harvest and it's it's like that in business and so uh okay hey so what, what what's our, what, what's our scripture today yeah so, so we're thinking about faith in the workplace last week uh thinking about uh basically the idea of planting or sowing and reaping, um, but that also recognizing as leaders of faith, there's an in-between space that we just frankly can't control. And so um, there's many references to this in scripture. One I thought was most helpful is from Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29, the parable of the growing seed. And it starts the kingdom of God. Um, and just so we're clear here, this isn't necessarily trying to theologically expound upon that that faith in the workplace is entirely the kingdom of God. But it, it sort of gives a view of planting and reaping, I think, is helpful. Um, <clears throat> verse 26, chapter 4. The kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how. That's the key phrase right there. He doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the ripe grain on the head. But as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. And I think what that summarizes for us in three parts is, you know, in the workplace, we can certainly put in the work to scatter the seed on the ground. We can certainly put in the work, as you said, to take the sickle and harvest whatever the crop might be, either real crops or proverbial ones, depending on the products you produce and the customers you work with. But there is also this recognition that there is something outside of our control where things sprout and grow beyond our ability just to water. Uh, we can't control the weather. We can't control all the sunlight. We can't control even the water always. Um, and we don't fully know how it happens, but we have to be both putting in the work before and prepared to put in the work after, but also living by faith on the in-between space. Um, so we're talking a little and bit about I, that today. I always think of the illustration of how crazy would it be if we walked and saw an apple orchard and one apple not looking perfectly and there was a there was a farmer just yelling at the apple we would say the guy has lost his apples i mean because you know by the time the apple gets there it is what it is yeah. and living in an egg egg industry such as uh, the yakima valley there are all things that go into the blooms, how many blooms, the pruning, uh, the freezes early on in the season, end of season, is it too hot? Like last year, we got up to 116 degrees and it really hurt portions of the orchard. There are mm -hmm. all sorts of things that come into play mm -hmm. when an orchard is you know, growing and harvested. It's the same thing with businesses. But if you get to the point where, oh, if I yell at that apple, it's going to do better. No, not really. Mm -hmm. uh, I have yet to see that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in terms of planting and reaping, what do we do as we lead businesses? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we're going to get into a little bit today. You know, I think let's talk about, you know, what is planting? What's that look like yeah. in businesses? What is what is reaping? But also what is 
what is the component in your business where faith is sort of required, right? Where you have to turn things off eventually, go mm-hmm. home, take a break, um, let the seed lie in the ground and wait, right? Yeah, so, and really. there's, And that's, you know, kind of countercultural for us as Americans. But um, there's certainly a waiting required in some aspect of every business, I think. Yeah. So first, you know, for, you know, when, when, when consulting with a business that is in the planting phase of the business, what, mm-hmm. what are you telling them? Mm-hmm. What's that look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when I'm working with different clients, I think, you know, the planting phase is really that initial phase where you're trying to understand, um, who your customers are, what your needs are, what your capabilities are, right? It's sort of, a, it's either assessing what you currently have if you're, if you're setting a new strategy or it's, um, in sort of an whatever the early part of your season is, right? It's the early mm-hmm. selling season if you if you have a cyclical business. So it's that early s- selling season where you're building those relationships. And in some businesses that I work with, that might be a three year cycle. We're not even talking about an annual season, but it could be a three year or four year or five year process where you're selling um, and building relationships with prospective customers who may not actually sign an agreement for. 6, 12, 18, 24, 36 months. I mean, yeah. I, I personally work with people who, you know, r- relationships that I have s- sown years ago, mm-hmm. right, all of a sudden produce a harvest unexpectedly in some cases years later. So One, one of the things I found helpful in the businesses that I oversee is at least also understanding the sales funnel of a business because a lot of times we'll look at a business and say, hey, we're going to go down this direction and this is where we want to end up. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think in the old days, if you're not familiar with the sales funnel, or everyone knows at least what a funnel looks like, you know, you, you pour pour oil in a funnel to get into the engine, but the point is the funnel is wide, and then you get down, and typically most, uh, you know, businesses, you don't start with your most uh, productive business client. Sometimes you luck mm-hmm. out and you're mm-hmm. there, but sometimes, like for example, in my business, it was a lot of really small things before it finally got going to the really profitable customers and clients that I have. So a lot of times it's just understanding there's a process involved. You don't go from a little seed to a mature tree overnight. It takes time. Well, and even that analogy of the funnel is sort of, <clears throat> I always like analogies that when you think about them are actually examples of faith, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about why does research suggest you need a sales funnel? Yeah. Right? Well, research suggests you need a sales funnel because human experience and data dictates that you don't close every deal. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then if data indicates you don't close every deal, you have to then think carefully about the process from which you go from prospect to closing a deal. And if you think about the process from prospecting to closing a deal, there's a recognition that you can't just call someone and say, I would like an $8 million check. Wouldn't you like to be my customer? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. The reason that that exists <laughs> is because there's a faith process involved. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in that state, if there wasn't faith involved in the sowing and reaping of the sales cycle and the customer delivery cycle, you could just call, you could have perfect knowledge of who you could call and they would deliver an $8 million check or whatever revenue you need for a particular client mm-hmm. and it would just be done. Right. It would. It, but, but because of the fact that there is this vast space of unknown between the sowing and the reaping, you have the, the human analogy is the sales funnel, but that's a reflection of 
the planting and reaping involved, and in particular the faith in the in-between space, where you have to reach out to 100 customers, right, so to zero it down to I, a few. I've noticed something, and tell me, tell me in, in, in your business consulting, but when I first started my business, mm-hmm. I was selling like crazy because mm-hmm. we had no customers. So when you mm-hmm. have no customers, you do nothing but yeah. sell and write business plans. Mm-hmm. And I was selling, 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 and there were a few customers that I would just get immediately, and I was like, yeah, why, would, why isn't everyone like that? Mm-hmm. Now that I've been in business 18 plus years, I've actually noticed that my customers that I got the easiest were not the best customers. Mm-hmm. The customers that I literally worked with and sold for years, and then they finally decided to jump on board with us, mm-hmm. are my best customers. So mm-hmm. sometimes also, I want to encourage people, you're like, well, why can't everyone be easy? You know, because they jump so easily to you, I've found that they will frequently, the moment one thing goes wrong, yeah. jump to the next customer as well, too. Sure. Whereas some of my longer-term customers, they spent a long time coming over to us. I thoroughly trust them. And they also like, hey, Eric, there's this aspect of your business that isn't working all that well. You might want to, you're going to want to fix it. And I trust them mm-hmm. on that. So there's that aspect of the sales funnel as well, too, understanding as we plant, yeah. um, it, it it, it can sometimes take a long time. What, what have you experienced? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a give and a take. What I heard you describe is, is certainly long-term relationships matter when mm-hmm. it comes to trying to build uh, the appropriate uh, planting and reaping process in your business, right? And, and then especially when, you know, you begin to build a cyclical relationship where I've had a few relationships now. I've had a few go bad, but from learning from those, I've learned how to manage relationships such that they become longer, deep or deeply embedded relationships where I trust that person or that company, they trust me, and we almost co-partner in the way we go to market together, even though technically like I'm working for them or vice versa. There's a partnership involved. Um, that comes from that long-term uh, kind of mutual benefit, mutual respect that, that takes place, right? But it only happens over time. These things don't happen overnight. They, they don't. And so so we understand planting or the, the basic of starting a business, what that looks like. Now, the title of the podcast is Planting Versus Reaping. So how is that? Obviously, they're different, but let's go into why. why is it important to define planting versus reaping? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think they're just natural um, analogies of the, the crop world, right? They're mm-hmm. easy to follow, right? Um, you know, planting is, is the effort to put the seeds in the ground. Reaping is, you know, basically executing on whatever that uh, value proposition is when it comes, like it's time to move and time to work. Um, there's seasonal rhythms to life. There's seasonal rhythms to work, as we've talked a lot about in this podcast and have other podcasts if you want to go back and check them out. Um, but then as we think about the workplace and we think about the, the place of faith, even if we're not in a, um, even if we're not formally declaring our job or our work a Christian business place, mm-hmm. right? Some are able to do that. Some are not, depending on both their role and the type of business. Um, there is recognition, at least from us, and I think for many of our clients, that there's a faith component. And so people are trying to figure out what that means. How do they live out their faith mm-hmm. you know, in the business environment? And so this idea of planting and reaping and, and certainly the in-between space gives a way to think about um, the parts we can control and the parts we can't control and, and being okay with the parts we can't control. Yeah. Um, because planting and reaping really is what can we control versus what we can't yeah, control. Exactly. Yeah. At no. the end of the season, you either have fruit to harvest or you don't. Yeah. No, and there's good science around the things you can control, and there's ways to do that. And certainly, you know, you work hard at that, and you try to do what you can with that. 
Um, but you have to recognize, I think, as important, if not more important, that there's things you can't control. And mm-hmm. I think you certainly have to continue to challenge your assumptions there because it's really easy to get lazy too, right? Um, I mean, there's plenty of scriptures I've been reading in Proverbs about, you know, <laughs> sleeping and getting lazy and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> poverty comes on you <laughs> like a thief in the night or something like that, mm-hmm. I think Proverbs says. So, you know, you can't just slough off your, your duties in the planting and reaping. Um, so constantly challenge your assumptions there, but I think you also have to accept sort of a providence of faith in some capacity. It's definitely a bold Even if you don't share Christian faith mm-hmm. with us, right? Mm-hmm. We, we would posit that whoever you are, there, there's a recognition of something out of your control in that workplace. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's definitely, I would say it's a both and. You know, it's, yeah. there's planting, there's reaping. And then there's also that third component of, I would say, pray and you know, God's blessing on a business. Some people will say, well, it's luck. Well, you know, I'm not, it's one of those things that you, there's that faith component. I always am praying over my business, praying over my employees, praying over, you know, Lord, please give me more customers, please, you know, and, you know, at what point do they all correlate, correlate and come together? It's hard because there's, they're overlapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a reason why, I think, what is it? Um, you know, I've heard them say that some of the most successful people are also the luckiest. Yeah. Right. Or some of the hardest working mm-hmm. are also the luckiest. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Lucky, right? I mean, there's a both end to your point, right? If you want to be successful, you've got to find where you can put in the work, put in that work, mm-hmm. but then don't waste your, your, yeah. your cycles of time well, and effort and, on the things you can't I'll, control. I'll give you an example of our business. I, I'm in the home oxygen industry and it's one of those things we have just been decimated by government cuts from about 2012 to 2018 cut 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 and what seemed like about 70 percent of my competitors all went out of business well then all of a sudden this thing called covid happens mm-hmm. and our business has been knocking it out of the park well it's, it's a little bit like if you've watched the movie forrest gump and there's this hurricane and uh, all the shrimp boats you know, mm-hmm. are destroyed. And now all of a sudden Forrest Gump, who could not catch two shrimp or 10 shrimp, all of a sudden has a fleet of shrimp boats yeah. because he survived. Now, do you want to call it luck that there was a hurricane? Or is it one of those things? Sometimes we're called to just go out and grind day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And then you become what's called an overnight success after 20 years. <laughs> and so you have to kind of laugh. Well, you know, and, and at what point are we planting, reaping, where does God and luck come into play? Mm-hmm. It's hard because uh, there are a number of different factors. Yeah. No, and I think in all three, you know, those phases, I think we continue to just say, you know, hold those loosely, yes. prayerfully, um, consistently just leaning into those things, you know, and um, keep, you know, working at it from from this sort of analogy of planting and reaping. Yeah. And, and I'll also add, you know, because we're kind of talking about this from a consulting perspective, because from a consulting perspective, it's very, I don't want to say there are definitely, as you will, as you look at businesses, there are good principles and bad principles. If, you, if I were to say, Josh, I'm going to start a company or I need to fine tune this process, you know mm-hmm. exactly what you're looking for. From a coaching perspective, the same is true in leadership. And I will notice as I work with people, there are principles for leading people. And this is where, you know, why coaching and consulting go hand in hand. Same thing. I wouldn't say coaching is planting versus reaping, but there are different levels as we grow in leaders as well, too, to being a more mature leader. Compare a 
uh, let's look at one of my teenagers versus a seasoned, uh, mature adult who has gone. They're not as all over the board. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. maturity. There's the planting and reaping. What can we and can we not control in our personal life as well as our businesses? Yeah, I mean, I think that maturity is another good word for this too, because the, the more you have seen and experienced seasons mm-hmm. of planting and reaping, right, the less likely you are to get blown with the winds of change right at least thrown off course you might you might learn to adapt to change appropriately and in fact maturity might suggest you know how to adapt to change um better than most um so 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 in in terms of planning and reaping what would you talk to companies about what what is the one thing they should be looking at if they're not quite sure if they're i mean i think we know when we're in the planting phase Mm -hmm. in the spring Mm -hmm. or the harvesting phase Mm -hmm. in the fall Mm -hmm. What if they're not quite sure yet? It's kind of in the middle. It's kind of a both and. What what would you tell them? Yeah, no, I think the more I've been thinking about this topic, you know, not just with with this podcast, but um, several clients I've worked with is I would actually go so far as to say, and hopefully this isn't too far off a ledge, um, (laughs) maybe if whatever your business is doing that's not planting and not reaping, you should stop Mm, right now. That's good anything look at everything you're doing everything you're doing is it in support of planting is it in support of reaping and if it's not one of those two things it needs to go away it's a waste of money it's not doing what your customer needs and i'm not going to start naming you know the favorite cancel culture things that i might throw out in another podcast because i don't yeah. want to get and want to cancel us that's right like, away that, that's like two away, but, no, but if, what, what you said if it's not planting or reaping Stop. Stop it. Stop. If you can't clearly identify it as one of those two things, mm-hmm. it's not adding value to your customer. So stop. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So cut it. Absolutely. And Move on. Say, well, <laughs> Which is radical because if you start thinking about everything yeah. in your business, we've over we've sort of over-engineered our businesses with Absolutely. all this waste that stuff the customer doesn't need or want. Mm-hmm. Right? And to make it easy, if you're an Apple orchardist yeah you're you are paid for producing amazing apples but i'll say josh i have a passion for art i'm not anti-art but yeah. you would say in the apple business are we either growing or reaping yeah as part of that now what our hobbies are that's another that's and we've thing. had yeah, podcasts yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're exactly right yeah you can go do the hobby outside but but don't try to like you know force your apple trees to do art <laughs> Because that's not what they're made to do. Really hard on good illustrations (laughs) and what that looks like. Absolutely, man. (laughs) So anyhow, that's well, good. I like that. And so, hey, as you need to figure out on your business sales funnel, what what the next step looks like. Where are you, or is this area that you really need to go into, and you can show how it will help you plant or reap. You can help with that, can't you? Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, and I think as a coach, you too is right. Can you Mm -hmm. come alongside and help? a leader figure out how to have those hard conversations, right? Because these aren't easy conversations to be having a business. So there's either the figuring out how to categorize it or figuring out the change management side, which you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Well, super. Well, Hey, it's been a good episode. Um, Reach out to us on the consultant And next week we're going to pivot a little bit next week. um, This is something I've wanted to go into and Josh will uh, reluctantly go into this, but what does ADHD look like in the workplace? And Josh smiles because he's, put up with me for a number of years. I have ADHD. So it's one of those things I wanted to speak from my perspective because someone like Josh, who has 
typical, normal. He, he he gets it. He looks like, man, you're all over the board, man. But if we can put a podcast on together, we well, can also you. work together. Well, I, by the way, I've never said that, to be clear. Well, you, I've, I, so I've said it on my behalf. Through your facial expressions. <laughs> but that is thoroughly next week, and we'll get into it. And Perfect. It, we will bless you. Whether or not you are have ADHD, or at least you will work with someone who does. Oh, that absolutely. is the goal is to offer perspective. Yep. I'm like, you, oh, you guys really are different. So, hey, that is next week. And until then, uh, thanks for listening to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Until next week. Take care, everybody.